Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we've got a juicy one for you all. It's always a juicy one here Isn't at it? Level Up HQ, but we are so excited and we hope that you can tell the difference, but we're sitting here recording with brand new microphones. So if you do notice, can you like let us know or slide into the DMs and tell us if the, if the audio is any different? God, it better be because we've um, spent a lot of time on these mics. It only took us about a year. Like, you know what? We have to level up in terms of our sound audio. We've wrapped in them. We've cried in them. We've tested them. It's all yep. happening. So yep. I'm, I'm excited for today because we're doing a Q&A and we love just breaking up the serious nature of it, even though we're not really that serious, uh, with a little bit of banter and some feedback from you all. So we've got some questions here and I'm excited to get into it at all, as always. Yeah, me too. So, you know, we'll start with the first one, um, which is a really, really relevant one right now, I guess, given the the time of the year, the end of the year, everyone's finishing up work or finishing up studies and exams. So um, this one is failed my exams, have to retake, feel like a failure and that no one will take me seriously. Any advice? And this is massive. Like Mm. naturally, I just thought straight away of those stories where you hear JK Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, her book got rejected hundreds mm. and like not hundreds of times, but lots of times uh, before she finally got accepted. And now she's one of the most successful authors in the world. That's right. Like that, you know, all of the missed shots that Michael Jordan made before mm. he was the best basketballer in the world. You know, mm. we, we, we never really hear about people's failures, even though people's failures are majority of what they uh, had to overcome in order to become the successful person that they are. Mm, yeah even Oprah like everyone's yep. been through like so much hardship and I think in today's society you know contemporary um, exams and studies and all those sorts of things it's one of those things you've got to do you know yeah. it doesn't mean that you're not good for the job and even myself like I have um, many amazing friends that were or are incredible compassionate nurses but their nature did not make them very good academically because yep. it depends on your career path, right? Like you need that empathy to be a good health practitioner. And yes, you need to have the underlying skills as well, but how can you put a test or a grade on your ability to communicate or be a good person? You just can't. So it doesn't mean that you have any less worth if you fail. And I've failed multiple stuff throughout uni and um, school. It's disheartening because it makes you feel you know insignificant or unqualified and that can leave like a residue or a long-term effect on you know your self-worth but it's really important to be able to you know take it as a lesson and understand that you know this is just something I've got to tick the box and do and get through and then like work on what type of learner you are and try and navigate around that. Yeah, there's so many ways to learn. Just from the uh, change from my schooling, I used to try and just rote learn everything and because that's what I thought you had to do. But then by the end of it, I was drawing diagrams, I was speaking mm. it out loud and you just find your learning style. And at the end of the day, university or school, it's just one way of grading you. As you said, you can't really mark someone's personality and all of that, which is quite unfortunate. But, you know, there's that's the system that we have to go through and, and they do the best job that they can. But don't get disheartened because, well, for me, for example, I really wanted to be a physio. I didn't get the enter score. All right, Mm. cool. I found out a pathway to end up doing whatever it is that I love. Mm. So if I could go back and tell my year 12 self, it would be don't put as much pressure on yourself, like seriously. Yeah. How are you supposed to know? Do you know what I mean? And mm. you go into these exams that equate for like 60% of your final score. Yeah. And everyone's so anxious. Like it's no wonder that, you know, <laughs> that we feel this way. It's an absolutely no surprise. And I think you've just like what you said, Danny, you know, just could be able to take it with a grain of salt and realize it doesn't define who you are or what you're going to do, or even the job that you get. Like yep. maybe it's going to put you down a different avenue, but you know, everything happens for you, not to you. So we fail things and we don't get into physio and we do other sorts of stuff, you know, for us. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it's just like anything in life. I mean, you leave the school system and then, for example, you might do like a competition like us. Yeah, we didn't come first. So that would be like the A+. plus. If that was in a school system, maybe we got a B or a C depending on where we placed. And then what do you do? You go back, figure out what you could do better and then apply mm. it next time. So it's just a part of life, whether it's on a school paper or whether it's out in the real world, you're always going to be faced with this situation. You just have mm. to have that growth mindset, which what we spoke about earlier and, and apply your new lessons for next time. Mm. Yeah. And I used to get really frustrated. Um, you know how some people, they're just like naturally, they could read the blurb and write like a sack or an essay and just yep. get an A plus. And you're like, how do they do it? You know, yep. I've never been someone like that. I had to work incredibly hard to be an average student. Yep. And that's okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be any less successful because we all thrive in the areas that we're most passionate about. That's right. Perfect. I'm happy with that one. Happy to move on? Yep. All right. The next one is tips on combining favorite training styles. For example, bodybuilding, CrossFit, functional training. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are are some of the training styles that you've done yourself, Danny? Literally, or I've I've dabbled. I haven't tried CrossFit, and um, Alyssa, who we had on the podcast, me trying to get me to do CrossFit for so long, and <laughs> now it's a game that where I just I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, so just mainly, yeah, sporting, which we spoke about um, in our episode. So tennis and then bodybuilding. I tried functional type training once, which was kind of like a hybrid of CrossFit versus yeah, just whole body high rep type stuff. Mm. Um, but I had too many weak links in the chain when I was younger, and I ended up hurting my wrist, hurting my shoulder. So then I just stuck to bodybuilding because I could control what I was working on. I didn't have to chase numbers. Like um, for example, for a time, like how many reps can you do in this time? I think that's a little bit dangerous if you have a weak link in your chain. Um, So then yeah, bodybuilding was my natural call that I continue to love because we get to work on those imbalances and be in control of, of what we do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about yourself? What have you tried? Um, I've tried a lot of stuff. So obviously, which I've spoken about a heap, like I used to run yep. a lot, um, yep. more endurance style running. So I did that for quite a while. I did get into the functional training sort of stuff. I have worked at like an F45 studio before. So I was right into that. I've, I, you know, funnily enough, and I'm very thankful for this negative experience, but when I was um, just getting into fitness, I went to a CrossFit and I thought I'll try this, uh. you know, I went to a CrossFit <laughs> and um, I had a really bad experience, a really horrible first experience experience they they made me feel so uh weak they they gave me like a broomstick and it was you know I hate to be sexist but it was just all males there and I just felt so small um and it just was a horrible experience I know all cross what do you mean they gave you a broomstick well they wouldn't give me the bar right so there was these little bars and they're like oh you know you better start with the broomstick for the first few weeks and just the language and the tone and the way they made me feel I was like I never want to come back here again because mm. that's how we obviously your ego was hit because it's like bitch do you know who I am I live but technically we do that with our clients right you know our motto you have to earn the right but there's a way to go about yes. it you'd be like cool show me what you can do if that was me taking the class cool show me what you can do with the broomstick and then you mm. would have dominated it and be like cool now yeah. let's move up you don't be like oh you're a small girl yeah. Here's a week, a couple of weeks worth of broomstick exercises. Like, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I agree with that. But like what you said, you know, I'm not here to down CrossFit, but it was just the way it was said to me. And like the <laughs> following sessions after that, that made me never want to do that again. And I thought, is this what the, this community and culture is supposed to be like? I don't think it is because I know a lot of CrossFitters listen to this. So I'm going to dodge bullets here, which is great. But I just think when it comes to any type of physical activity, if you have any weakness in your body or movement patterns that need addressing we need to slow down the movements first and work mm. on that control and perfect technique and then do your am wraps your workout your wads do all of that go for your life have fun get amongst it but just be wary that it is a very high intensity environment mm. uh, and then if your technique's not right it's game over mm. Mm. but oh, to yeah, go absolutely. to the question uh in when it comes to combining training styles to be honest, if you want to be mediocre at all of them, do all of them at the same time, yeah. okay? But if you want to actually pursue one mm-hmm. seriously, then pick one because mm-hmm. they all counteract each other. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean that, you know, if you lead a healthy, balanced lifestyle and you want to go for a run one day and you want to go do an F45 class and then you want to be able to do a gym session, that's cool as well. Like I'd say mm. that's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of what Gen Pop sort of does getting into the gym and that's totally fine. If you want to excel and be like a really good CrossFitter or if you want to be a powerlifter or if you want to be a competitive bodybuilder, you have to, you know, you don't see Serena Williams going out and like throw, shooting hoops with the basketball thinking she's going to do the NBA. Like mm, you yeah. have one sport and this is, why I'm very um, driven about saying bodybuilding is a sport. It's mm. like, yeah, not everyone's in it for the right reasons, but if you want to be competitive in a sport, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's not just about, oh, flopping in, I'm just going to, you know, go and do a run here and there because yeah. you risk injury. And the best way to take yourself out of all of those things is getting injured. So as long as you've got balance and realistic expectations, um, then you can do it all. You've just got to balance recovery properly. Yeah, correct. And it's tricky because I've had a lot of yoga instructors come to me and they become injured because they've all of a sudden started powerlifting and we can't oh, be flex. Yeah, yeah. Because, and, and people don't realize because you mm. see the, the 10%ers on Instagram who can do it all like great. But when it comes to, to everyday people or people transitioning, uh, you can't be super bendy and flexy and then participate in a sport that requires stability without mm-hmm. working on it. You can't just come from your yoga class and pick up a barbell to, to the next level. Again, you can sort of have that middle ground, but if you want to be really good at one or the other, like really strong, then maybe give up the yoga classes. And that's mm-hmm. just being realistic. Yeah. And you know what, like for a long time, I did sort of do all of those things. When I was first in the gym, I was lifting weights. I was doing F45 classes. I was still running, you know, I was like bleeding it all together. And like what you said, I was mediocre at all of them. My run, my times got slower, you know, I got weaker. Um, I got injured, Mm. you know, my body didn't reflect the amount of effort I was putting in. And that's just something you've got to weigh up because it's never about overtraining. It's just under recovering. So when you've got all those things lined up and if you're only lifting weights two, three times a week, maybe you can get away with more than someone who's lifting five or six days. Absolutely. And the same with running. So it's just a balancing act. You can do it all, but don't expect to exceed overly in one. Yeah, well, we had to give up our sports for bodybuilding because we were both quite thin. Then we chose to participate in a sport that required putting on size. Uh, So tennis and running had to go (laughs) pretty much. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Boom. All right, moving on. So transitioning from strict macro calorie tracking in an app to intuitively eating to maintain. So, you know, I think intuitive eating is quite trendy and we just had Holly um, on the podcast as well talking about, I guess, the more rigid way of, of tracking your macros and, and following, um, I guess, a calorie Let's just talk about flexible dieting. Yeah, and Depends, yeah. Dieting. Mm. yeah. Um, and I think intuitive eating is is something that is spoken about a lot. And it's unfortunate that a lot of people who do promote this intuitive eating sometimes have a bias in that they don't appreciate or agree with tracking because yeah. they think that it's toxic. Yeah. And I think it's really, really important to understand that people who are successful intuitive eaters have spent a good portion of their time tracking. So they've, again, just like earning the barbell, they've earned the right to track as they go or not track at all, have periods of time off, feel confident and still have a good self-worth about not going over their calories or eating more. It's about not having any emotional attachment to food, just eating intuitively in line with what your body and your hunger signals need. Yeah, and it's definitely easier said than done. I mean... You and I have both been on some sort of regime for years. Mm. It's hard because you can't unlearn macro tracking. Once you learn it, you can't look at food the same. And that's why your mindset has to be so strong. And, you know, I've been on holiday and and practiced intuitive eating, but then I end up missing the discipline because discipline is freedom. Mm. And then if we have too much choice and feel like we're floating around and not really aiming for targets, then Mm. you can become lost and it can be empty and, When it comes to body composition, I feel like if you're in the right headspace, it should be tracked or at least protein, like get enough protein in. Mm. When it comes to making a transition, 
try and slowly do it. So if you've been counting your macros for a long time, okay, maybe still, yeah, get your protein, but swap your carbs and fats around based on Mm. how you're feeling. Mm. But I feel like it's a mixture of being able to truly listen to your body and separate those emotions, as you said, because Mm. how often do we actually stop in life and go, oh, now I'm actually hungry Mm. or no, I'm not hungry. Even Mm. when it's meal time for meal two, and you kind of eat because it's, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I haven't tried it in a long time, so I can only give advice, but it would be inauthentic if I completely said that I do intuitive eating because I don't. I track mm. macros and I love it. Yeah. I think as well, you know, the most successful dieters are the ones that do have some flexibility. Um, people that, you know, feel like, oh, they need to track for a while and then go to intuitive eating. Like maybe it's about why am I feeling strain from yep. tracking? Am I being too diligent for myself? Like, am I being too hard on myself? Am I, am I making this harder than it needs to be for myself? You know, and I've gone through periods of time where I've um, ate intuitively and like I even did my first comp prep or two comp preps, not tracking a thing, just because that's that's where I was at in that stage. Yep. Um, and I recognize and appreciate that tracking isn't for everyone as well, because it just doesn't align with everyone's personal goals or time yep. commitments. It's the same as people using scale weight as a measurement. Sometimes we just have these emotional attachments to things. Mm. And even though I love it and I teach it, looking at calories like a budget, sometimes that can be really hard for people to comprehend because they feel like, oh, well, now I need to take away. And then we start tying in cardio and being like, well, is this a bigger way to get more budget? And it's, I just don't like sort of adopting that sort of mindset. So it depends on where you're at. But something yeah. that I like doing um, to get give people, I guess, a bit more freedom is being like, okay, well, don't track for one day. And it's one day a week, like track for six days, but then just have your Sunday and eat intuitively and don't abuse it. That's the big thing. It's like, don't abuse it. And look, if you've ever gone through any binge eating um, styled episodes and I haven't myself, so I can't personally comment on that because it's a lot more than just your nutrition. Mm. Um, But you need to first be able to let go of restriction to overcome binging. That's always one of the key things. You need to let go of a restriction. It doesn't mean letting go of every process. It means like still eating consciously, still eating enough protein, still eating balanced meals, still listening to your body and stopping when you're full. Um, One Mm. really important thing is that if calories were indicative of appetite or impacted it directly, we wouldn't have obesity. So sometimes we can't trust that the calories are going to reflect the nutritional density or the amount of, um, um, I guess, energy it's going to give us because we have an environment with, you know, lots of delicious food. So it's really easy to just eat and eat and eat and continue eating. And this is why intuitive eating can be quite difficult to just adopt as a main strategy if you don't have the knowledge around tracking beforehand. Yeah, really good. So I suppose to to answer the question, because it asks about from strict macro tracking to intuitively eating to maintain, I still feel like maintenance is still a goal that needs to be tracked. But I suppose this person could ask themselves, okay, what even is strict? What does strict mean in their eyes? Because for what someone might call strict, we might call it we're just on target, um, you know, that, and that's not really strict for us because it feels nice to reach your targets. Mm. Um, but then were they deprived in the first part? Do they feel like, oh, my God, I can't do it anymore? There's a lot in that. So yeah. it really comes back to reflecting, okay, where you're, where you're at, what you want to achieve. And if it's maintenance, then you need to really still track a little bit. Mm. Um, You need to know your numbers, but what you'll find is like we're we're creatures of habit. We're always going to have one of two to three breakfasts, the similar lunches, the similar dinner. So if you track for a day and then you eat that sort of same sort of food for the rest of the week, you know, it doesn't have to be logging on my fitness about every day. Yeah. Um, And even for example, so my partner's just started tracking and he's lost like six kilos, like just tracking. I've just given him numbers and he's followed it. Um, and I asked him cause he's so regimented now. He like, doesn't, he puts it in, he doesn't eat it until it's done. And yeah, oh, yeah. He'd be he'd like, be next level. Oh, he'd be like, did you weigh that? You know, do you, how, did you, weigh oh, that? what like, have you created? I know. But I asked him, I said, what do you think has allowed you to just do it and not a tight? Cause men are different, right? They don't tie emotion to it. He just oh. weighs himself every morning or sometimes I yeah. guess, um, but he said, he's like, I just don't obsess about it and I just do it and make it a thing that I do every morning. And yeah. I was like, 
Yeah, it's just like get in and do it, log it. And I think if you're spending hours on MyFitnessPal, you're doing it wrong. You know, you need to just be logging in advance and spending the least amount of time on there and not obsessing over tiny little changes. Just stick to your meals that you put in for the day and have that discipline. Yeah, yeah. But Luke's a very analytical type mind anyway. So this is his bread and butter numbers yeah. and all that. So it, it's perfect for him. Um, yeah, learn when to push, learn when to pull, as we always say. Mm. Uh, but we've got a few flexible dieting episodes anyway that people can refer back to as well, mm. which we go into a lot more detail on that. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on now. Moving on, how to deal with hormone imbalances naturally, mm. which both you and I have been doing. Yeah. And I suppose we needed it because we were both on contraceptive um, or pills and you had the Implanon for a little while. So that disrupted our hormones. We've been participating in bodybuilding shows, which disrupts our hormones. We're very highly wound driven people, which disrupts our hormones. Um, so we've been through a lot mm-hmm. and it's been cool to go on this adventure to sort of balance out everything. And mm-hmm. it's going well. It's going really well. I'm so well. proud of myself for getting my period back. I just yes. need to reward myself. Ari, <laughs> Ari. So tell us, you know, yeah. um, obviously we had Gabby on a little while ago and it's yeah. like one of our best episodes, I reckon. Um, tell us, you know, tell everyone what's been happening, what's going on. Yeah, so I'm, I've had um, four now, pretty like regular as well. So I sort of know on the day and it was about 18 months of like no period. And then I, I went through to the doctors and all of that, which we spoke about. Uh, but it was, so the question is about naturally. So naturally stress reduction is number mm. one. So more sleep, less training, more calories, letting the body know that it's in a good position to make a baby. Cause that's mm. what, what it all is. Yeah. You know, hormones, whether we're talking about the cycle or, or any other hormones in our body, our body needs to feel safe. Yeah. It comes through stress reduction. hundred mm. percent. And then we spoke about the one percenters, like cutting out plastics, uh, the the drink bottle and having filtered water instead, mm-hmm. a little bit less caffeine. I'm, I mean, I've smashed two big coffees in the morning, but I don't really take pre-workouts or anything like that anymore. And a lot of supplementation, mm-hmm. fish oils, yeah. magnesium. Everyone's different though. So there's no point me saying my prescription here, uh, but but supplements as well. So stress reduction and the natural supplements mm-hmm. has worked for me. Mm. yeah really good and like i guess an analogy that i like to use to explain this here we go phenomenon um because it's something that's um it's called like hypothalamic hypothalamic amenorrhea so when you lose your period pretty much from your hypothalamus which produces a lot of hormones your your brain speaks to your ovaries they Mm. chat to each other Mm. so when you're tightly wound those stress hormones suppress um, the hormones that are being produced by your ovaries. And if you can think about like um, when you go into the emergency department, like a triage and you, you chat to the triage nurse, you know, if you think like you've got your kidneys in one room and your heart in the other, <laughs> like your renal system and your digestive tract, reproductive, that's last up the line. So uh, that's like the Where last... are they? They're, they're at the cafe still. They're just Mate, doing their own thing. Everything else gets in the door into the emergency department well oh. before the reproductive system. It's so, that interesting. Yeah. So when we cut calories or when we add additional stress or heaps of cortisol or whatever it might be, you know, all these other systems take priority of the energy that we're putting in and our reproductive system and our ovaries sits down last and gets the last supper. So that's the way you got to think about it is like, well, why is this happening? It's because it's being suppressed. It's not being looked after. Um, And sometimes we have to go through harder periods of putting on body fat, eating more calories, pulling back from training volume, which is a really big one, you know, capping your steps, doing, doing the internal work as well. Um, so that we can like wake up our ovaries again and, and get our brain chatting again, producing those hormones. And it's going yep. to take a while. It's going to take it took a while. months, man, like three to six months minimum. minimum. Um, so it's, it's never like, it's never just a quick fix. I think like what you said there, Danny, like having a good supplement regime, like, and not even just supplements, but your own um, food sources, like making yeah. sure you're getting enough DHA and omega-3s and magnesium and quality sleep. And, you know, yeah. it's it's such a magnitude of different factors that impact our body with stress. And it's, it's never just one-sided. It's not like, oh, well, I'll pull back. And, you know, to be honest, if 
if you're training six days a week, right, or if you're doing excessive amounts of volume, that needs to be one of the first thing that needs to be cut. It's like that training volume needs to come down. Um, And this is unfortunately why a lot of um, physicians will tell you stop going to the gym it's very unproductive because we're not going to do it we're yeah, always no going to how that all, that's a lot of the answers for everything isn't it yeah oh we'll stop all together yeah. and i think maybe you need to meet them halfway maybe you need to pull back and do three days or maybe you need to bump up your calories a bit yeah more. i was gonna say eat more if you still love training just eat more that's what i did or i didn't do as much cardio yeah more sleep less cardio more eating yeah. similar training yeah. you can push harder with the more calories you can push harder mm. but you need to pull back but and you that, need to pull back and Sorry. that's the thing yes. it's like <laughs> there's always a time to push but more often than not what i find is like when a lot of girls are under that high stress state and they they do have an absent period if they're doing excess volume in, it's in the too gym. much it's too much and you know, sometimes you've got to pull back a lot more than what you'd like to so that you mm-hmm. can allow all those processes to start again and then slowly increase. You know, the gym's always yeah. going to be there. Training's always going to be there. Um, but something, you know, I've started doing and mine was a bit different, but with, um, you know, I was having lots of breakouts and um, it was something to do with my progesterone. So when I got um, the Implanon out, um, it's a progestin-only contraception, so it doesn't have any estrogen in it. Mm. Um, so my progesterone was like really out of whack and I was getting big breakouts around my period which Mm. is usually compliant of a progesterone problem so um i've started getting um like chinese acupuncture done and and chinese medicine and including more lifestyle stuff so removing dairy for me has made a huge difference to my skin Mm. oh my god it sucks because dairy (laughs) is so inflammatory even in your whey proteins like even in a little bit of milk yeah. It's it's just so much inflammation. We're yeah. not made to drink cow's milk, unfortunately. No, it sucks. Like, and it's but, yum, but yeah. just be mindful. Yeah, and I was getting like these bump things up my arms and like gross, but like pussy, um, pussy pimples. And I was like, Mm-mm. this is not like my skin. And it doesn't mean that you're intolerant to things forever as well. Like, you know, I've gone through different things where I've had to take out different things. It's stress is stress. But for me personally, and it sounds like you agree, Danny, like cutting out some of those key inflammatory foods has made a big difference to my skin as well as just how I feel like my energy levels. Yeah. Digestion. Um, we had, which in the future, which we'll um, post after this one, I think your Chloe, your acupuncturist um, gave us some interventions on that as well with gut health and cutting out um, some iced drinks, even though I still make some sometimes, but I noticed my digestion is a lot better and just the way that you chew your food. So all of these little lifestyle interventions actually work because I remember I was trying to get my period back, but the key word was trying. You need to just let go. So for me, once I stopped trying and just let go, even though it was taking forever and I like getting things straight away because I just run full steam ahead at what I want, but it actually works, everyone. Just Mm. slow down. If you've had all your tests and they come back clear for PCOS, endometriosis, and they're back clear, let life take its course Mm. and it works. Yeah. Just have have patience. Like I never thought it was going to come back. Mm. Like. Yeah. Have trust in your body. Um, but you bring up a good point there, Danny. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, get this message. I definitely get a lot of um, DMs about, oh, my bloods came back normal, but I still have no period. Um, yeah, that was me. The thing about getting blood work done is it's measuring your hormone levels at one point in time. So mm. it, they fluctuate significantly. And this is why sometimes you need to be fasted and vice versa. The same as if I went for a run and then come back and got someone to measure the stress hormones in my blood, like my cortisol, it'd be through the roof. Yeah. But then if I got it done, you know, after I meditated, it'd be lower. Yeah. So, you know, just because the result says that, oh, no, it's fine doesn't mean it is it, obviously if you're not menstruating monthly there's a hormonal imbalance obviously yep. you don't need a laboratory test to confirm that but you do need you know perhaps ultrasounds to confirm that yep. you don't have cysts and all these sorts of things then like what danny said once you've got all that stuff clear then it's like cool maybe i can dabble in some more natural um remedies or therapists or, or whatever it might be to have a different holistic approach yeah yeah And our next question ties into this topic still. So sex and libido based on hormones and diet. Mm. 
see you later when you're dieting that is the last thing you want to do as you said the reproductive system yes you don't have a period but you don't feel like um yeah doing the deed at all because i suppose we can survive without that but we can't survive without our other structures brain heart lungs liver kidney so obviously that's the thing to go but when you're on comprep you just can't be bothered no like you That's, don't have the yeah. energy anyways. You don't, your body goes into energy conservation mode. Like it's not in reproductive mode at all. Yes, you you look ripped and we were talking off air, you know, we looked our shred, most shredded, but you don't want to do anything with it. You just want to <laughs> sleep, train and that's it. Yeah, it's so true. And like what Danny said, you know, our libido just goes out the window because it's not a priority for our bodies. And ah. I think there's two facets of this as well. One is and it, like when you're so driven and, and, and working towards something, you are so tunnel vision focused that you're not even having that spontaneous time outside to worry about that. <laughs> you're just focused on this one thing. Mm. And again, like, you know, hormones are sort of suppressed, you know, you're not going to get that same sex drive. And like men have 10 times the amount of testosterone than women. So it's natural that they have a higher sex drive in general. Mm. Um, but, you know, testosterone drops when you go through dieting phases, even for men. So especially yeah. for women. So when we're cutting out testosterone that we already have like peasant levels of, you know, it's no surprise that they go away. Um, and you feel that throughout the month as well. So I was doing a bit of reading because I was like, why is it that your libido goes up a little bit when you get your period? Like, well, I noticed for myself and a lot of other people, like when not you get- more than ovulation, mine's uh, an ovulation about the same for me. So I was Ooh, like, why is double this the fun? Double the fun. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but listen, listen, interesting, because I've had a lot of other people and a lot of other friends and stuff talk about it as well. Yeah. And I was doing some reading um, and apparently it's something to do with like your testosterone levels, obviously spike around ovulation as well. Yeah. But what they do is they mimic with estrogen. So around ah. your period as well, you get a slight increase in testosterone for some people. It's probably not for everyone, um, mm. but just sharing the light guys, you're not abnormal because i was That's like the worst though i was like it doesn't make any physiological evolutionary uh evidence or benefit because you can't it really get sense. pregnant so that's why mm. i was like why is that but there yep. you go interesting that's yeah not ideal probably but whatever whatever you're into <laughs> floats your boat <laughs> whatever um, floats your boat yeah but yeah so to answer that question sorry um to answer that question i suppose if you're in a severe deficit don't expect to be having that kind of fun it's just not going to work so if you want your libido to come back you, you have to eat more calories and your body has to feel like it's ready to reproduce yeah as i always say fat makes us fertile and you oh, know, yeah. it's there for a reason and i think as well like a lot of um i know a lot of my clients say it as well like what's lean for a female is so different to a male. And we might even say to ourselves, Danny, oh, we're not that lean, but like, it's normal. Like normal is like 22, 23% for a female plus. Mm. And that looks different on everyone. So if you have abdominal definition or like, you know, if even when you think that you're not that lean, like maybe you are. So it's just about recognizing that fat on a female has a lot of purpose. Well, yeah, absolutely. Mm. 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 all right now that we're getting a bit juicy we've had some of the male slide in the dms which we love i feel like it's a very female dominated podcast which is great because that's who we are and what we do but some of the guys are a little bit curious which is interesting so this first one sexiest quality in a guy empower the men right empower Empower the the men. men sherelle what floats your boat what floats my boat um, you know, I'm a bit of an intellect, so I really love a good mind on a guy. Like, mm. you know, looks are great, but when they can like talk the talk and walk the walk, even better. Yep. Oh, we're just going to stop at one. We'll, we'll bounce off each other's um things. Yeah, definitely that. But I'm such a dominant person. I've it's been interesting over the course of my <laughs> life because I haven't been yeah. in a serious relationship for years now my poor ex bless him I just became too I was just so driven in on my own path and we just sort of grew apart and that's fine and he was lovely and awesome but I've found it really hard the more that I know what I want in life and the more dominant I've become the harder it is for me to date like 
a because I've been comp prepping and we just spoke about you don't really feel like that when you're competing and b I, I, I had this inner belief and it was a shocking story that I was telling myself that it would just slow me down mm. which is not good as well but yeah because I'm not the kind of person who likes to Netflix and, and chill you know no. I just can't anymore I'm not 18 yeah. and I'm sorry and that's great for some guys and fantastic but you know, I'm on a mission in life. So I need someone to, to come on that mission with me. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. And to, to not feel threatened by me. Um, this is my inner dominant control sort of person coming out, but I want someone to challenge me. Like mm. I don't want to step all over him type thing. Mm. I want them yeah. to be driven. Yeah. Yeah. And even we were talking about this the other day, Danny, like it's a different time to sort of date than what it has been. You know, we've got social media and true. You share so much. And I was even thinking, I was like, oh, I would be like, you know, I'm I'm a hard person to date. But like <laughs> if if I was single, I wouldn't even know what the freaking hell to do. Cause sometimes you just want some things a bit private, right? And then you're yeah. like, oh, that they're, they're watching my story every day. <laughs> and then they're sliding in the DMs. Um, and then you know them a lot more than probably what they think as well. And you know how when you go you meet someone and they they know something more about you and you're like, <laughs> Where did you learn that? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I told thousands of people of my story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a different time to date. And it's it's a bit different when you're a bit older as well. Like when you're younger, it was just like anything goes, you know. You, yeah, you wouldn't care. <laughs> I used goes. to when I was younger, I'd be like, right, how many phone numbers did you get in this night? That <laughs> that was indicative of how good the night was. Like, <laughs> oh my God, you get people's numbers. Now what? You just get the Instagram handle. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I don't give out my number. It's all about the gram. They can stalk me first and then and then they get an idea of what you're about. Dating yeah. apps suck. Oh, cause, cause we're, yeah, you've had Luke for years and I've been single for years. Like at the start when Tinder first started and it wasn't for, you know, it was fun. Me and my friends, we'd spy on each other's first Tinder dates on the beach and save them if it was no good. And like, you'd call and be like, no, you have to come back. But then like now I just don't have the patience, which it shoots myself in the foot, but what do you do? What's your name? This, that. It's like, oh, I can't. Yeah. How was lockdown? It was the same as oh, like it was shit. Like yeah. it was lockdown, you know? Yeah. Um, I want yeah. someone to have like a deep conversation with me. Yes. Like, don't ask me how my fucking day was. Ask me about my horoscope, <laughs> you know? <laughs> ask me about my five-year plan, God damn it. God damn it. Let's go over my business plan one more yeah. time. Um, <laughs> See, I'd be a hard woman today. But Luke and I matched on Tinder and this is so funny, yes. right? He won't admit this. He won't listen. Um, but when I went back, because I got Tinder, I remember I was at uni when it first came out. And it was oh, like yes. everyone was on Tinder, like on campus. Oh, yeah. It's like normal. Now it's like not a good thing. I watched a horrible thing on 60 Minutes about oh, Tinder. It's I not a good thing that. to be on anymore. Um, but when I went back home, I remember I had it for a few months, went back home to Swan Hill. This is before Luke, guys. stories before Luke. <laughs> Went back to Swan Hill and opened up Tinder when I was out at the, the nightclub. There oh, was yeah. two other people in Swan Hill that were on there within yes. proximity because it was yes. so new and no one knew what it was. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Tinder, you know. And then um, and then now it's just like, oh, God, dating apps are not what they were. It's not just like something friendly where you can just meet and greet anymore. It's sometimes a bit scary. And you've got to also be careful in this time and age as well when you are using social media and platforms to, to you know, find a significant other. You know, like what you said, Danny, you would actually physically get someone's mobile number back in the day. You'd have a chat with them. You would text them. And that's sort of where it was. If you didn't like them, you have to reply to them right yeah just, yeah see you later just, drop off the it. earth go now what now what they're probably you know whatsapp messenger facebook yeah. instagram snapchat like there's all these different platforms and it's amazing mm. um but yeah you've also just got to be very mindful and selective at the same time yeah and that's why we have to be mindful and selective on, on what we post but i kind of like it because if i would because there's an app called hinge that's pretty good again i don't really spend too much time on it just if i'm with the girls and we want to have a cheeky swipe it's always good fun <laughs> um but then you sort of find their name and then i stalk the crap out of them first yep. like and then it, it's kind of like our clients they listen to the podcast for a bit they <laughs> yeah. stalk who we are for six months all right cool now i'll reach out it's kind of yeah. the same you get an idea yeah. um but in terms of yeah qualities of in a guy 
someone someone that can handle us I think fuck. Oh, do you know what though <laughs> do you know what I absolutely respect is like I was at the gym like this is you know a while ago but some guy come up to me and asked me out on a date in person was like wow. and he was so nervous and, he, oh. and I was like oh my god I just want to say yes like oh, I'm <laughs> taken but like you know <laughs> I respect that I respect yeah. a guy not just like sliding in the dms I respect someone like making an effort and physically putting themselves out there and wanting to take you out like wanting to like was it dinner or a gym date what kind of date was it it was a coffee which I was like that's that's safe that's a good one and I said to him like I was like oh like um I have a partner but like I want to thank you because like that was really (laughs) a really nice way to approach a female like rather than just like fucking staring at someone or like being creepy like you know or just woof with like do you know what I mean like that's that's what girls look for is Mm. like a gentleman we're looking for a gentleman we're looking for someone to reproduce with (laughs) I love how you yep pretty much that's what it comes down to we don't want hot dates at our age anymore (laughs) like to be honest you know it's not just like when you're young it helps it helps but yeah there has to be something behind the the sexiness Mm. like the mind um for sure and I think because I'm such a control freak in a good way like I'm very this 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 I would love for someone just to be able to make some decisions in life because we make well yeah I feel like Luke probably wouldn't get a bar of the decisions in your guys' relationship. No, but... opposite, opposite. Oh, good. If like we're going out for, I'm like, just pick the movie, pick the dinner. Right. Yeah. You know, I think when you are controlled, when you dominate your own life, you need yeah. someone else to make decisions in the small nitty gritties for you. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. Like I have my input, <laughs> but sometimes you just want to be told what you're eating for not what you're eating but where you're going for dinner yeah. or the movie you're going to to be watching um and you can be a bit more mindless and like unwind a bit so you know I think um you know when you look at the evolution of your partners as well like what I find interesting <laughs> is that they're all very similar in like perhaps the way they look or their traits or whatever it might be and I find that really interesting like I've never been someone to get with like a blonde right there's yeah, always what the hell there's always one thrown in there and you're like it was never gonna work right <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's never yeah. gonna work out yeah um, but yeah it's funny when you look at like your what you're attracted to and sort mm. of you know like pick up on that so that you know you can sort of use that moving forward that's interesting because you do see those couples and they look like brother and sister. Like, what is that? Like, because well, I only go for dark, I've only, yeah, gone for dark people. Not that there's anything wrong with blondes, but you just have your type. Yeah. There's a, That's oh, there's a what really interesting, um, I, know, I don't even know where it is, but apparently you're more attracted to people that look like your um, your, your brother and your family. And yeah, that like makes that. sense. Your dad, they say. Yeah, which is weird. And, I mean, my dad's got <laughs> blonde hair and blue eyes, so it doesn't really work um, for me. But what's but- his personality like? Yeah, probably like a bit quieter. Yeah, probably a bit <sighs> um oh god well it's not attract. opposites attract as well like you know to an extent though oh, imagine someone who never worked out or like played sport or weren't driven mm. but you know Luke and I are very very different people yeah. um, we have different hobbies very different hobbies but we have the same values and mm-hmm. I think that's really important is like you need someone who's like has a growth mindset if you're like that who loves professional development if you're like that who appreciates health and fitness or you know as long as they align with your core values if they want to go out and get lit every weekend and you're enjoying reading books at home it's going to be sort of hard to have yeah. it's, it's not hobby it's the value yeah 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 I wouldn't mind someone like I can't see myself to be that person who wouldn't let them go out and get lit once in a blue moon I'd kind of want to be like go have fun with the boys I just want to be on my own for a bit you know I'm exactly the same yeah there you go um Luke was like oh you know some of the boys were complaining about their girlfriends like always wanting to spend time with them and he's like I just couldn't relate (laughs) (laughs) he's living the dream he's got his own cod set up downstairs like he's laughing 
Yeah, I'm going to the gym, see you in like six hours. Yeah, you know, bad. It's, it's, but I think that's as well, like what comes with long-term relationships. Like you go through the honeymoon, um, honeymoon period phase where like you want to spend every minute with them. And <laughs> the longer that you're with someone, you know, you can sort of go a day and not talk mm. to them. It's just normal. It's a part of like maturing in relationships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then mm. this next question um, ties into it as well. I'm a guy fan. Hello. I uh, want you to talk about male improvements far out, like what we can realistically do to attract high quality females. Be blunt. We can handle it. And we're always blunt anyway, I feel. <laughs> I don't know because you've got a partner. I don't know if I'm digging a grave with this topic or not. Like, Danny, you're gonna... like nah, Danny's the too hard basket now. Or the people who like a challenge. Hmm. Anyway, how can they God. Like what I said there about um, like putting yourself out there and being a bit more vulnerable in the way that you approach a female, I think is a very, very attractive trait. And it shows like, you know, a lot of courage. If you're actually going to go up and ask a girl for her number or yeah. ask a girl out, it really does speak volumes about the sort of person that you are. And, um, you know, I think it shows I put on my story, I got a lot of response from this about the the tradies on the roof sort of yeah. giving me grief and wolf whistling. And and I just think it's so immature. It's, it's really... not hot when people do that. You're no. never going to be like, oh, wow, you beeped at me. Like, Yeah, like, yeah let me in the car. Like, yeah. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> Standing on a roof whistling at me, I'm gonna, yeah. it's going to be like Romeo and Juliet now. Yeah. What do they expect? Yeah, yeah. It's but... just bands with the boys, isn't it? It's just banter with the boys, but it's a good way to stay single. Yes. So I'm sorry. There's a reason why like high quality girls don't look back at that sort of stuff. Um, Maybe like, we watch too many movies though. I find the movies are so damn unrealistic oh, to life because it always works out perfectly. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, but literally like the, biggest thing that I could say to guys is just put yourself out there and you know be a, a good quality female is not going to blow you off that's a like thing a I'd never way. shut someone down we would yeah. actually acknowledge and recognize the vulnerability because we're like we yeah we're talking about vulnerability and it's hard so if people would if someone would come up to me at a club and I'm with a big group of girls like that's ballsy oh that yeah. is tough and and some people would like, you know, laugh and blow them off, but I reckon that's so mean, no matter who they are. No. So kind of like you, you, you thanked him and then, you know, I've got a partner and then I'd probably say the same thing and just, just to get rid of him. But you, you're nice about it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as well, like, you know, I know that he said like surround yourself with high quality females, you know, but even just being friends with females, like, is that a conversation as well? Like, I mean, you know, I have male friends and like what I was saying, you know, when that incident happened, it's a shame that society wolf whistles and treats women yeah. like that because why can't opposite genders be friends? Like why is it always go, got to be a relationship motive or or whatever it might be, especially in this fitness space, right? It's, it's still a very male-orientated uh, sport. But if there was just, say, someone, Danny, that we wanted to train with and it was a male, why does society have to put that card and like oh they must be sleeping together or yeah. like doing something like that like maybe we we want to be able to train with other athletes and not have society put that label on it yeah yeah I love hanging out with guys just because mm. they're blunt it's straight to the point there's not that yeah. much emotion I learn like yeah but then I suppose it comes down to evolution and but even though this day and age there's no rules with who you're with, mm. but people will still have that stereotype and oh they must be together or yeah. something like that. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's an mm. interesting one. But if you genuinely want to hang out with a female and not have that stereotype, just be professional or not professional, but you know, don't be a sleaze. <laughs> just yeah. set your boundaries. Be a normal person. Mm. You know, yeah. look yeah. at her eyes. Yeah, yeah, eyes up here. Eyes, and lay, yeah. lay the cards down on the table. Like, make the expectations very clear that you're not there for that. Mm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of girls and even myself, you're like, oh, are they hitting on me? Are they gonna? No, like maybe they're sort of friends with you. Yeah, you can tell. But yeah, you can tell. Who knows? But benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Yeah, interesting. So that'll be. Um, yeah, I'm wait. I'm interested to hear the feedback on that. Or it's probably crickets now. Everyone's running away. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm ready for the challenge. Um, yeah, interesting. That was a very random Q and A. 
How are we looking for time? Yeah, we've done well. We can always just talk forever, can't we? I know. It's November, man. It's nearly Christmas next month. Put the tree up. I'm ready to go. What do you want for Christmas? Just you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I've been single this long. I think we now need to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry don't see that was being a sleaze coming out of lockdown um, oh it's been a long lockdown how exciting though things are finally opening up here in melbourne yeah some restrictions more restrictions are easing on the 23rd yeah so by the time this episode's out we would have like you're allowed 100 people in a gym things like yeah. that so sorry to yeah. everyone else going back into lockdown but we had a really good episode with michelle where we got to share being in the longest lockdown in the world yeah um, but i'm just excited the sun's out more. Oh. Life's life's good, man. Life is so good. Life is so oh. good. Um, we yeah, finally being able to see light at the tunnel. Like what you said, Danny, really empathetic towards the people that are going back into lockdown, especially over in the UK and even here God. in Adelaide. Um, you know, we can really Adelaide. be. What was that? Yeah, they had a cluster or an outbreak or something like that. But yeah. you know, I was talking to um, you know, one of my own clients, and she was like, you know, just over talking about it and I could yep. really understand and relate and I was like yeah just you, you, it's happening and you know I think you just need to be able to control the controllable and yep. you know these things are uncontrollable but you know here we've been we've had freaking a long trot here in Victoria that's for sure and I think now mm. that like what you said it's coming up to the festive season um the sun's out it's summer like life's looking a bit brighter it's just it's so good to be around uh, people and socialize. I know. I know. What? Let's talk about some exciting thing that's coming up. I mean, we've had a big year in lockdown to hustle and work on business and all of that. Now, what's your next couple of months going to look like for you? What's planned? Or maybe nothing's planned. Who knows? Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, that's, <laughs> day, that's how you know we're dead. <laughs> yes, I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? Um, I've got something exciting to launch towards the end of the year, so I'm sort of working on that. Yeah, and, yeah, apart from that, um, just we're keeping grinding. it on the DL. That's Keeping cool. it on a little bit on the DL. Um, but, yeah, I've just been, like, business mode really hard the last six months. I've just, mm. you know, I don't think anyone sort of knows – or can see how hard you work behind the scenes. I think, um, you know, even Luke before we went into lockdown, you know, probably just thought that I just made stories on Instagram all day. I don't think he really understood the work that was happening until we were stuck in a bedroom uh, together. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've just been working really hard on on business and you know right. just myself as well. I think I've gone through a lot of change this year, a hell of a lot of change. Um, it's been a really really you know, good year for a lot of breakthroughs. And I think for both of us. So, you know, I think come December, like late December, I will just like pull back the reins for a couple of weeks and just enjoy Christmas and family. And, you know, I think everyone needs to do that after this 2020. I know. I'm so excited for that. And I've got my, I'm going on an aeroplane next week on Thursday, going to Sydney, see the girls, have a bit of fun up there and just, um, it's going to be, um, yeah, so cool getting on that plane. I'll probably cry from excitement. Oh, my God. Um, and then just, yeah, pull back over Christmas as well and next year. Then at the start of next year, I'll be finally able to do my seminars with Andrew. So yeah. I'm so excited. We haven't yeah. released dates yet, but they're coming as well. So next year we'll be filled with a lot of travel and meeting people. So I'm hoping to get to every single state in Australia, given that we can, and and meet a lot of our listeners. Hey, and we'll go on a couple of holidays, a couple yes. of level up events. I think we yeah. need to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited for 2021. Oh, it's bring it on. Be such a good year. Um, and yeah, that was something that Danny and I was were um, talking about is potentially doing some events um, for all you guys and all our you know our dedicated listeners that have been with us for nearly 12 months now. So it's wow. been such a cool experience. I think this last year, and even though it's hard for everyone um, to go through, and we've all lost, you know, I think everyone's gained, and it's just about switching your mindset and. Being like what have I got out of this year and what sort of um, areas has has this time pushed me to go towards and and like who am I now and what is different I think it's really important to be able to reflect on that yeah beautiful oh Mm. how exciting how exciting exciting. well Mm. let's wrap it up 
I hope everyone enjoyed today's Q&A. We do still have a lot of questions um, that we will get to in another episode. We just appreciate, you know, all the questions and we don't want to rush through them. Um, We want to be able to take our time. So thank you for sending those through um, to myself and Danny personally. We'll get to as many as we can in uh, future episodes. Mm. Uh, But again, if you girls and guys appreciated or enjoyed this episode, (laughs) please do take a screenshot, tag myself, tag Danielle, of course, the Level Up podcast and please let us know what these microphones sound like as well. They love it. Look, fricka, fricka, DJ Danny on the decks. <laughs> DJ Danny signing Ooh. off. Signing off. Mic drop.